Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The postpone Malone's deadline. <laughs> post, is it post-nut realization? Post-nut... Uh, post-nut clarity. Clarity, thank you. <laughs> Three, <laughs> two... <laughs> What's up, folks? It's the post-nut clarity edition of Hitting the High Notes Jazz Talk. It is, I, I am here, uh, the voice that's uh, just um, uh, pounding your ear holes right now. Um, uh, on this February 14th uh, is at Who Trans Superman H U U T R N Superman. Uh, and I am here. Um, uh, he highlights the highlighters, he has um, uh, so many items of the day. He he works for the hive, uh, works is uh, loosely based there. Um, uh, and is Alan Bean, Alan Bean 23. What's up, man? Yes, sir. And I don't, I don't know if you saw, but uh, Andy Larson went ahead and asked me, how how many items of the game do that. you actually I own? I didn't see that. I, I had to actually go back and double check. I was yes. like, how many do I own? From this season, 12 of 26. Yeah, 12 of 27 after today? No, today today, today was 26. 26. Okay, 12 of 26 items of the day. Did not enjoy the black uh, minimalistic. Uh... Like, if, if, the, if the print for the... The part that says Utah Jazz was thicker. I think I probably would have done it, but like it almost looked like that very thin like foam mm-hmm. that they like you just layer over like. Yeah. Is it like a print T-shirt? Yeah. Like it, it looked like super glittery and stuff, and I was like, I'm gonna wash that and like, it's not even gonna say Utah Jazz anymore. Yeah, it's just gonna be a w- black plain black T-shirt band. with the white Jazz logo. I love that I'm band. Good. I love that band. Hey, the, hey, the Delilah. Um. And so, um, uh, yeah, so um, uh, we are, uh, you know, we're without, as you can hear, we're go this is 49, I believe, it's February 14th, so I, I believe he's metaphorically driving the bus right now. Um, Let's get it on. <laughs> driving it hard. Uh, Dragon Squatch also, you know, you know, I think he's, he's got some, uh, he's got some VD he's taking care of, um, stuff, I mean, guys, guys engaged, so, you know, a lot of VD stuff, so, VD stuff, excuse me. And um, as for our February 14th, um, you know, let me tell you about Bet Online continues to be the number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up to the odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite teams past the playoffs with uh, in game live betting contests and all the be- best player props. Uh, experience the world, uh, world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile device. Head over to Bet Online today. And become part of the team, and remember to use promo code Believe. That's B L E A V for your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Salama. So, so you know, you and I am uh, just we, we hung out uh, on February fourteenth together. You yeah. know, had our own little Valentine's Day. Yeah, we did. Um, hung out with uh, hung with the Utah Jazz uh, and the Lakers. They the broke less, my heart. The less, yeah, the less we say about this game, probably the better. I don't think anybody cares about Utah Lakers analysis. They were they were fine for three and a half quarters, and the last half quarter and a half. Yeah, second quarter, I was very happy. Yeah, masterpiece, like, masterpiece of dog shit, really. So, especially in that back end, especially the more right, THT yeah. minutes oh, that yeah. were in there. Uh, Hendricks was still looking a little lost. There was there was like two possessions where yeah. he just like. Back to back looked great, and I was like, "Oh, cool! Yes, he's yeah. getting it." And then it just never. A couple of came l- back. little mid range games there for for Hendricks. Yeah, uh, I like. I want to bring it up the back end um, uh, on VD. So, um, we it's the only way to get things done. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we, you know, we, we are uh, a week out of the trade deadline. Yeah, was, the trade deadline was Thursday, three p.m. Eastern. Um, Jazz make uh, a few trades. Um, uh, Simone Fontecchio to the Pistons uh, for a, a very high second round pick. Uh, the best of Washington and Memphis, two teams who should be in the bottom five of the league. Um, I don't know how those two have done since the trade deadline. Uh, Washington, uh, still a shitter. Yeah. Uh, Memphis. <laughs> the pool they, party, baby. And then, uh, yeah, everyone's drowning at the pool party <laughs> right now. Uh, Memphis, um, I mean, Gigi Jackson's been looking good for them since then, but I mean, like, outside of that, they're not, like, right, doing so. good. But I mean, again, like, Gigi Jackson's looking nice. And Detroit, very weirdly trying to get better, I guess. 
They um, decided now is where we make our playoff Yeah, push. They, they draw the line. With all seven of our wins at the trade deadline, we are uh, going to make the play. I really should have asked them, uh, our believe, um, he had me on, on the trade deadline to talk about Simone. I really should ask him, like, well, like, what the hell are the Pistons doing? But it was so early. That was, like, the first domino in mm-hmm. a bunch of Detroit trades. So, um, anyway, so, yeah, Detroit, maybe, maybe Washington, it might be the 31st pick. Who knows? Who knows what, what pick that's going to be? But, um, anyway, Simone Fontecchio for a high second round pick. Don't uh, forget about Kevin Knox. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Kevin Knox and, and money to get weight to why you Kevin Knox, I guess. Um, and, and and then, uh, you know, I guess that's Simone Fontecchio that's already over in Italy right now. So, um, you know, just to keep the Italy connection, to make, sure, to make sure the Italy fans don't stay too mad at the Utah Jazz bombing the, the Instagram accounts. <laughs> But then we also get the draft rights of Brochida. That's what I'm saying. Like the the Simone Fontecchio, the 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 other Simone Fontecchio, the ones that's in, already in Italy right now. So trying trying to keep the Italy fans happy. Brochida, um, our Italian fans. I, I wonder. I should actually check to see like you know the other podcasts I do, the Red Rocks podcast. Most of my listeners from that podcast is like from are from England. So I'm like interesting. Like I'm like okay. Like I wonder if it's a, a, you know I that's neither here nor there. People who are listening to the Jazz podcast don't care about that, but. Um, I wonder. I wonder how many Italian fans is, is uh, do we have? Is my, my uh, four? Well, yeah, when I'm getting there, hey, that, that's uh, four more than our American audience. So yeah, um, yeah. So Simone to the Detroit Pistons, and then the the next one, uh, next trade, uh, Kelly Olynyk, who I think we all kind of thought was going to be gone. It still hurts um, my heart. But, <laughs> I mean, I I had um, to prep myself for paired it. with uh, Ochai Agbaji. Uh, for the worst of like a bunch of you know three teams, uh, basically going to be like the twenty eighth. It's it's going to be like, like twenty eight. Yeah, Oklahoma City's pick, which is going to be like twenty eight to thirty, so like, something like that, depending on how the rest of the year goes. Um, so yeah, you got two picks uh, for the draft. In, th- in this draft, a draft that you that you hate. Um, Jordan Clarkson did not get traded. Like I just I'm you know it takes me a week. I've accepted. That Jordan Clarkson is just going to get a statue up there, out there next to Malone Stockton, just retire his jersey now, like whatever. Like it's um, just going to be him chucking up a three. Yeah. Um, <sighs> like, like you'll have the Stockton Malone statues down on like the bottom level of yeah, the sidewalk, yeah. but then you'll just have Clarkson on the the top set, just, <laughs> just all by himself because that's how deep of threes just, he's just, chucking, just, just throwing up uh, shots. You, there. you can't even see the ball. Um, it's just gone. So yeah, so those three players out. Um, uh, you know the players coming in for the Jazz, Kira Lewis Jr., which was a draft pick a, a couple years ago. Uh, but she looked nice in, at Bama. Yeah, like uh, he looked nice. Uh, Otto Porter Jr., who, you know, you go back in time and you tell fans in twenty twenty that the Otto Porter Jr. is coming to the Jazz, and we're throwing a parade. They're, they're happy about that. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, I mean, uh, Kevin Knox has been waived. Joff Wrights. So it's mainly the draft picks, but a couple players too. Um, so initial reaction to the trade deadline for the Jazz. So like, I really liked Fontecchio. I finally was seeing that he was making progress, and honestly, like I think a lot of Jazz fans were kind of on that same page too. Like they were finally seeing what the front office saw in Fontecchio. Like. His shooting definitely yep. improved once he went ahead and learned the NBA style of basketball. Mm-hmm. His defense, granted, it's not amazing. It's nothing that's, like, to die for. But, I mean, for the lackluster defense Utah has currently, yeah. Fontecchio is a great piece. Yeah. I, and he, uh, and people would question it. Just, on, just like, to get often. solid. Yeah, just to be solid. Solid it's, defense. It's, yes. Like, that's something that Utah doesn't have a lot of. So, taking him away... That hurt, especially when you're like, oh, we're getting Kevin Knox back. Cool. That's <laughs> great. Right. Um, but then you get the draft pick in there. And, okay, cool. Now now you have something to look forward to in this offseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as the Toronto trade, again, I had to men- mentally prepare myself. Like, I really like Kelly Olynyk. It was really cool to be able to see him in a jazz uniform that wasn't me trading him onto the team in 2K. Like, I, it was nice to go ahead and see it in person, the Swiss Army knife himself. But now I'm looking at it, I'm like, okay, now he's getting to play for his hometown team. That's really cool. 
Um, and he's already looking great for that organization and like the two games he's played for them so far. Even if it's been minimal impact on the actual stat line itself, mm-hmm. Grady Dick is actually doing decent with Olenek on the court. Like it, <laughs> He's doing something. Um, Abaji, he was starting to like really hit his sophomore slump. So I guess the front office wasn't too high on him at that point. They were more of just like, Here's some guys we don't play. Because, I mean, like, Kira Lewis Jr., like, he only played one game mm-hmm. for Toronto. But then again, he was also a part of the uh, Pascal Siakam trade. Yes. So there's there's some uh, subjectivity in that. Mm-hmm. But even, like, Otto Porter, he's now very injury-prone. Yeah. And they're just like, okay, and we're going to throw in this pick. So really, based off of what Justin Zanuck said— Kira Lewis Jr. is probably going to spend some time in the G League. Granted, he's already been on the court for two games so far for the Jazz, so not uh, sticking to that one. But not, I mean, uh, we'll we'll figure that great. one out. Yeah. <laughs> um, not in a good way was he playing. And then even Zanuck said that he does not see Porter in this season's plans. So interesting, which that, that is conference. very yeah. strange. And we'll, we'll get that in a second. But um, but yeah. overall, like I I think that Utah. Making those trades, you now for sure know what they are doing for and, this and season. That, that was something that a lot of people leading up to the deadline were very curious. Like, what what was the what what's the plan, Phil? Um, they they wanted to know what the plan was, and it, I think it is pretty obvious. Like, it should be right. Like um, at the beginning of the year, you know, we were all kind of wondering the same thing, and I I I do believe I thought the plan was asset accumulation. They're just trying to get some more assets, trying to, trying to build, which they did, build build their um uh, uh you know their treasure trove as they call it, um getting to twenty twenty four, I I don't hate it as much as, you know maybe maybe you do. Maybe, there are a lot of people who just just hate this draft. Like there's um, literally like five people, top five pick, like that's really the only picks you should be looking at. Maybe there's like one or two outside of the top ten. Right. But outside of that, you're getting guys that maybe will sit at the end of your bench. Interesting. And so I find it interesting because I'm like, I, I I wonder if there is, um, uh, you know, the Jazz went and traded for guys at the, at the end of the draft and that was what they were offered. And maybe they're not in love with anybody out there. But I, I wonder if, you know, calling this quote unquote a, a weak draft means that it's weaker at the top and that um, uh, there's a chance that. There are more diamonds in the rough, uh, you know, at 15, at 20. And, I mean, I would love to be proven wrong. I would love to be proven wrong with that. But just off of the handful of guys that I've been able to actually sit down, watch, and actually analyze, I'm not – Impressed, yeah, and, and so there's. I, I guess, I guess that's. Uh, I guess there's. You know, there's a camp that you know Alma's in that the draft is so bad that there's no point in having draft picks in this draft. There's, there's a, there's a lot of people who are just like, okay, you know, go get draft picks because again, more bites of the apple, and you're just hoping to get lucky anyway, and and that's and that's fine too. I, I, I don't know, um, you know, again, I, I think we're so bad at figuring out who's going to be good. Uh, obviously, like we we see, we're seeing a bunch of top ten picks not pan out uh, from this draft, which was supposed to because, supposed like, to be like honest, strong draft. If you want my like analysis on what this draft class is looking like, if Jazz fans want to go ahead and you know go back a few years with me, um, this draft class is the equivalent of Nigel Williams, Goss, uh, Rajon Tucker. And Jarrell Brantley, and well, to me, th- those guys were second round picks, though. So, you, so you're saying that, that you think those guys would be like first round picks in this draft? I honestly, yes. Okay, so that's okay. why I'm saying, like, yeah. if those were the guys that were struggling to get minutes on the Utah Jazz, which, mind you, had a much better roster, but they were back end of the second round, and they fought their way to get playing time. If they were drafted in this year's draft class, for me, they would be getting starting minutes <laughs> because that's how bad this draft class is to me. I them, uh, do not like it. I think the Jazz, like, if they're going to build through the draft like they they claim they want want to do, then it's going to come down based on luck anyway because we, the Jazz haven't shown me anything that they're willing to really try to go for top picks. So, 
Um, one of the main things that you wanted to see at the draft deadline um, and you were hoping the Jazz would accomplish is to convey this pick this year to uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, pre-deadline, you know, I think there's, I think when the deadline happened, there's about 30-ish games left. So let's just call mm-hmm. it even 30. Um, you know, if you asked me pre-deadline of what I thought the Jazz were going to finish, I probably would have said something like 60. I thought they were a very 500 team. I thought 16 and 14. After the draft, I probably would have told you, ah, maybe they lose a couple. Maybe they're 14, 16 now. I think they're still playing worthy. Um, you know, they come out against Phoenix. They just look pretty awful. Uh, you know, maybe it was a road game. Maybe it was Phoenix. I don't know. Uh, but then they come out at home against the Warriors, and the beat writers are talking about how dejected they look. Um, talking about they were sold the bill of goods, and the trade was really affecting them mentally. Uh, like Laird is out there saying the body language of Keontae George, and I think see, I think he said Larry. Like he said, the body language was just bad all over the place for everybody. Um, you know, and the Jazz come out against the Lakers. Look, they look better. They, I, they, they have this game. They, they have this game. You know, at least close. Until all of a sudden, in the third quarter, it looked like they were on the back to back. The Jazz were on the back to back, and um, uh, just lost all the energy. So, um, so I, I don't know. Uh, uh, I can't remember where I <laughs> the point I started with, but um, uh, so the Jazz make these trades, and now they go from being a team that looked like they had had the front the inside track mm-hmm. um, for the for a playing spot. To now looking like, oh wow, they are going to get pretty close to keeping the pick and not conveying it. I think it's a guarantee that they're keeping the pick at this point. Interesting. Well, because I mean, they went ahead and were showing progress that they had the chemistry, they know their rotations, and even when Will Hardy would go ahead and adjust said rotations occasionally, it always felt that Utah had it in hand. Granted. Their record showed otherwise, and they were kind of battling back and forth on being a 500 team. Occasionally, they would go a game above, game below, whatever. But within these, like, what, two, three games they've now played since the trade deadline, they go out there. I straight up saw John Collins have to physically point for Taylor Hendricks to know where to stand on offense. Like it was, which is interesting because he got so many G League minutes that were supposed to prepare him for the NBA. Yep, <laughs> and I don't, and I, it was it was like very glaring too because it was that Golden State game, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, Hendricks is getting minutes. Let's go ahead and see how he adjusts because when he had his first little stint with Utah, everybody was looking really nice. Granted, if I'm not mistaken, he was a part of that 50 point loss to Dallas, but. I mean, he was still looking like a solid piece, and people were finally understanding, like, okay, yes, he was the number nine pick. I see that he has his flaws, but you see the promise in him. That Golden State game, he looked like he was looking back and forth for somebody to go ahead and be like, okay, now you can cut, or okay, now you go to the corner. And even for tonight's game, uh, Keontae was having to tell him, like, no, you are over in that corner. So now I'm just like, okay, did the Jazz draft a guy that struggles to remember offensive plays and has, like, very promising defensive playability? Then you have Keontae, who they're just trying to play at a completely different position than what he's ever played, and Mm -hmm. he's looking decent at best. Yeah, I'm deep, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I agree with that. And then you have Sensabaugh, who was always known to just – Drive, score, get the open three, but now he doesn't know how to play defense all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. So are are we supposed to go ahead and like almost like a like what am I trying to say? Frankenstein, like the a, Megazord yeah, type thing. Like we're yeah. trying to piece them all together, so then yeah. we go ahead and get one superstar. Yes. Like is that what's yeah. what's going to happen? Because it's just not looking right. conducive. For this team, because, again, you're having to put so much time and effort into that sort of development. But if you're going to be an NBA player, wouldn't you think that you would want those intangibles? So Keontae is the interesting one for me. Like, he's he's had flashes of brilliance. Um, I think um, people really like Keontae. I'm, you know, I've said before, I'm not not quote, 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 unquote, sold as a 
franchise cornerstone piece. Um, I don't think he is the he's going to be a top two player on a championship team. Um, at this moment, far from it. Yeah, I just I mean, and at some point, look, I'm not I'm not going to bury the kid now. But if I'm in the front, look, if I'm playing GM, if I'm in the front office, uh, at some point you have to make that decision, and you have to make it early, mm-hmm. because. If if you don't think the guys that you have on your roster right now are are one two, then 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 you have to pivot. Yeah, you can't you can't sit there and wait and hope that in year four, year year three, that these guys figure it out. Um, you know, you don't have that much time in the NBA because that's contract time, it, especially with these rookies. I mean, you get two years, and even like even before then, like a year and a half. It's like yeah. I have to make the decision on whether or not I'm using my team option on you. Yeah, in in the NBA, in the NBA, these guys that come in that are that are the dudes are the dudes pretty much right away. Now look, you 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 get your Giannis. I, I think I was Mueller talked about Giannis and look, okay, that's it. I, I, if we're going to use Giannis, I get it. Then I I'll, I'll give Taylor Hendricks one more year. Like you got to show me during between this year and now if you can make that jump cuz that's what that, that's what they I think they jazz drafted Taylor Hunters based on potential just raw potential. But if you don't show that raw potential by year two, you, you got to pull the plug at some point. You can't. You cannot. Eventually, wait. you got to solidify you everything that, that you have shown. You Don, have to be able to show that you can be consistent with it. You Donovan Mitchell just... took thirty games by by mid December of his rookie year. We knew he was the guy. But also with Donovan, like he was pushed into that like starting role. Guys. So that's so that's where I'm like Keontae. He was forced into that role. If we are gonna go ahead and, you know, hard eyes for Keontae, we have to hold him to the same standard that the Jazz fans had for Donovan Mitchell because same look like the, the, same uh, same draft space. I like get, I get 13, we, think 16. Uh, we think Donovan, you know, uh, was like was there a little bit of, like right? Rodney Hood wasn't there. Nobody's taking his touches. Like Keontae has. There's a lot of other people on this team that take his touches, and so. But again, if you're if you're the guy, I think you just know who the guys are. You you know pretty quickly. Um, I, again, Keontae, I, I, well, I'll give him another year. Let's give him another year before you. That's the thing. Around. Like I, I am more yeah. than willing, especially just knowing how Danny Ainge is as a front office guy. This is easily five right. year plan. Yeah. Yes. The, the, Easily there's, five. There's a point. there's a long long build here, a lot of picks. Uh, if you if you want to do the OKC model, it's it's go out there and you're drafting Jalen Williams at what nine ten whatever he was, uh, well, double digits, uh, eleven twelve maybe. Um, you know they got Chet at two, uh, Chet at two, but which you know, great pick, right? Just like you know, I I still think that he he should be in serious discussion for rookie of the year. Yeah. Even so, though Wemby is Wemby just, has just yeah, take, taking taking another leap. Um, like I, how do you make that and, many and then leaps? you know like SGA that they were able to shut down for a couple of years uh felt they they could buy in like that that's the hard part that Lowry is 20 going to be 27. SGA was 21. You know, when 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 they were doing this rebuild. So that six-year gap is is important because. Also backtracking, Jalen Williams, pick number twelve. Twelve, yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, so hey, look, like you you can find find these guys. Um, it it takes luck. Like, uh, do I do I think OKC if they knew Jalen Williams was going to be as good as he was, they probably wouldn't have waited to twelve to pick him. They they would have traded. Oh, up. absolutely not. I don't like, think any team would pass up right, on him, it, especially if they yeah, had it, the hindsight we yeah. have now. Right, exactly. If you knew that Giannis was going to be as good as Giannis was, you would not. If you can go back in time, you know, you're like, oh, I know Giannis is going to be just amazing player, guys. We have to pick him. You wouldn't sit there and wait till the pick that you would do what you could to move up because, you know, you don't know if someone else knows what you know. So. There's a whole Disney Plus movie about yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, uh, But, um, so here's the thing. So the trades, um, again, we, we go back to, okay, so now I think the Jazz's plan was asset accumulation. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I so this is why I, I, I like the trade deadline, uh, moves for the Jazz, because they had a plan. They let the year play out. Mm-hmm. Um, they they didn't they they didn't um, uh, you know pivot. They're like, hey, you're winning games. That's great. We're not the Jazz are not tanking. I can t- I, I believe that right now. They're not tanking, uh, but like, they they made moves to 
you know, Simone Fontecchio, great player. Uh, he tur- turned into a great player. I-, I publicly apologized on my Twitter, on this podcast, to Simone and his family, uh, which ironically I did not know that you knew, mm-hmm. uh, that, that you personally knew. But um, I-, I apologized to them uh, jokingly. and But sincerely, I-, I was like, wow, he's turned into a much better player than I saw a year ago. Um, which also ironically, pr- you know, is probably what cost him will cost the Jazz because they're like now we're not going to want to pay him uh, for next year. The Jazz care about cap space because like now he could easily get that mid level exception. I, th- in my I opinion. think so too. I, I think we talked about pre deadline. Like I think he can make some money. Um, and some money. Some <laughs> <laughs> um, did we think that the Detroit was going to make a move for him? No, but you know, hey, w- whatever Detroit you you want him, uh, you want somebody to go in there and. Kind of be just a you know someone who can just be solid for your team. That's great. Thank you for the asset. Um, look, the Jazz traded away an expiring contract in Simone Fontecchio and got something back because I again this year I think if they made the playoffs, made the play on play in, I think the Jazz front office would have been okay with it. But they don't. They just don't care that much about the play in. And me as a fan, I'm disappointed. I, I kind of wish the Jazz. I thought the Jazz. Had a real good shot at the play-in, but me also as a you know different type of fan going, if we win a championship, I don't care about play-ins. I don't care about you know in, in three or four years if the Jazz are number one in the NBA again, I don't care that we didn't make the play that the Jazz did not make the play-in in the year twenty twenty four. You know, so and if twenty twenty eight, twenty twenty nine, twenty thirty comes around and the Jazz are, you know, they have two solid guys, you know, one A, one Bs, or a, a one and a two that. You know, our our top ten players in the league. Then I'm I'm happy enough to give up the the play in this year for it. Um, and I also want like jazz fans to understand the trades that were made outside of Abaji. Mm-hmm. It was two expiring contracts, right. and you managed to make a profit. Yeah. Off of those like, two players, like there's people that are like, oh, we could have had them come back. What if they didn't? Right. Well, what if they went ahead and were chasing money or let's say like for Olenek's purpose, like what if he was going somewhere to ring chase and right. didn't care about the like, money? Kelly Olenek was very unlikely to come back, I think. His price range was probably going to be too – like if he came back to the Jazz, he probably would have wanted, you know – Similar to what he's at right, right now. 10, 10 to $15 million because he's like, I'm coming back to a team that is not going to compete. So if I'm coming back, you're, you're going to pay me money. Like you're going to make but, sure that's worth my but while. But yeah, you just said also he, he might go to the Celtics and take a, a, a minimum – yeah. Contract. Like, you might try and go and do a minimum contract with mm-hmm. a team like, say, Golden State or Boston or New York even now. And, but but then now you're sitting here and you're like, okay, right. we didn't lose him for nothing. Right. That is where jazz fans need to go ahead and have their mindset. Yeah. You did not lose him for nothing. Yeah. And funnily enough that uh, Kelly Olenek pretty much bring, brought in a first-round draft pick when uh, the boy on Bogdanovich – oh, people are like, oh, there's other things. Like, yeah, but – you know, but like you got to be realistic. He, he, Boyan did not get first round draft picks. Uh, yeah, the Jazz were the only team during that trade deadline to go ahead and receive a first round pick without giving up a first round pick. Like that's where my mind is also at. Right. Like the the front office managed to go ahead and pull off some wizardry during this deadline to go ahead and get that first round pick. Granted, it's not high, but it's still yeah. a first and, round and pick. And people are like, <laughs> like which oh, people need to go ahead yeah. and recognize. It is still a first round pick whether it's at the back end, front end, yep. whatever, Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> I still think I'm a, and, and Ochai like I, look, again, I've publicly on my Twitter, publicly on this podcast, not a huge fan of Ochai. I believe the people that are Ochai stands, I believe 90% of them are Ochai stands because they just want McKay to be wrong. Um <laughs> You know, they just have this vendetta against McCade. Like, oh, well, McCade said he's a bust, so we want him to be good. Well, like, his sophomore slump was just really bad. He, he was, yeah, he just, he's like, look, he came in as an older rookie. Like, we, a lot of fans, you know, like, like gets it, you know. So, with Sam McCann's, like, this guy's not going to be good. Um, you know, he's a lottery pick, but that doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't mean guarantee a lot. anything. Right. Like, you yeah. show it off on the court. Yeah. And uh, he showed some things that were okay. Like, he looked like he could be a solid. Number nine player on a roster. Um, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not crying over losing a guy that I think is gonna be your, you know, twelve minutes off the bench. My um, thing is like Abaji 
there is only one thing in my mind that stands out. And to be honest, I don't think a lot of other Jazz fans even remember this. This Summer League, I I can't remember if it was a double-double or a triple-double, but he got it with turnovers. (laughs) Yes. And fouls. Yes. (laughs) Like, Um, the fact that you hit the 10 foul mark in the summer league, like, come on. Like, that. um, that's what I remember. And it just, it was just downhill from there. um, uh, I mean, on this podcast, I'm a a very male-oriented hosted podcast. The I think the most times we talked about Agbaji was was how good looking he was. Yeah, so, yeah. I um, mean, uh, you know that that might you know, that might have been his best attribute. So uh, his mom's really nice though. I, I got I got to talk to her once yeah. during summer league. Yeah. She was she was really um, nice. Alma person. just knows all the, all the family. Yeah, and look, uh, they're all nice people. Yeah, like, they're all really well, nice people. So that's where like well, I have to like publicly nice people. <laughs> I have to I have to like detach myself from that right, part because yeah. again like I've these, been able to these are assets because I mean so. I've been able to like meet Mike Conley right. and Hassan Whiteside and Fontecchio Abaji like. Love them as individuals. Yes. But then I have to sit here and like, this is a business. I can't get attached to these people. So like, yeah, again. So Ochai and Kelly, <sighs> you know, uh, gone. Simone gone. Uh, some, again, you know, Simone, you know, same thing. Like he probably, you know, he's going to turn 28. So he's not, he's not young, right? Like he's only been in the NBA for a couple of years, but he's not young, young. He's not old, but he's going to command a contract. Um, and... You know, I I say this a lot. Like you like Simone at the contract that he has now. Yep. You you will not love Simone at this next next contract. You need him to do more for what money you're going to be paying yes. him. And like this, uh, you know, if, if Dragon Squatch was here and not um, you know banging it out, Woo! he would be. He'd probably say. He, I would bring up the his his Royce, Royce O'Neill analogy. When Royce O'Neill got paid, he's like, oh, Jazz fans are going to turn on Royce O'Neill now, and they eventually did. Eventually did like, and he wasn't even getting paid that much, but he was getting paid more than what he was getting paid before. Wasn't he around that like eight? Yeah, uh, like, like once you start getting paid, once you start getting money, people expect something more of you. And look, it's, it's not that we care about Ryan Smith's money. We do not care about Ryan Smith's money. He has plenty of it. Go, go, go! Play the golf game and get get his money. But um, uh, the problem is that you know the Jazz, you know, salary cap is a, a finite resource in the NBA, so. You know, at three million, you don't take up that much salary cap. At nine, ten million, you can take up salary cap, and um, that's going to limit what you can do roster wise. You know, the, the opportunity costs are you're going to lose opportunity costs. So, um, and you know, the party fans screaming, "Oh, the Jazz will never get a free agent." There's, the, there, there's more things you can do with salary cap besides free agency, which we won't talk about today. But you know, there's trades and stuff like having salary cap is. A little bit better than not having. Isn't it better having options than an option? Yeah. So. So that um, you you want salary cap for the opportunities that can go ahead and be presented. If there's an expiring contract and you just don't think you're going to bring that person back, I think it's. But now Chris Dunn. Chris Dunn was. You know, we talked about on the pre-trade on episode um, that we thought. You know, I said, hey, look, I think there's a chance that he's going to get priced out for the Jazz next offseason. I'm okay with the Jazz not trading Chris Dunn. Because I, again, I as a fan, I'm like, if they get the play in, cool, convey the pick. Um, it'll be fun for for uh, it'll be fun for us as Jazz fans. Um, people tend to think that improvement is linear, uh, as opposed to like um, uh, you know a roller coaster up and down. Um, they think that you know by by improving you will, uh, you know, it has to be straight line up. Um, Just ride the wave. Yeah, and so um, uh, yeah, so um, uh, they they uh, they just assumed that the Jazz didn't make the playoffs this year. It's a step backwards. Um, when really in reality, it might just be a lateral move or a very small baby step forward or backwards, and it doesn't hurt as much as you would think not making the playoffs uh, or play in. So, but I, I I think you know not that I think the Jazz are going to keep Kristen. I, I think there's a fifty fifty chance that Kristen comes back. Depending on how much he he he's gonna command on his next contract, you know, again he's gonna be thirty ish, uh, twenty nine to thirty in his next contract. Um, he's not a young gun. Does he fit the quote unquote Jazz rebuild timeline? I don't know, but man, he brings a lot of stuff to the court. Maybe he likes Utah enough. Maybe maybe there's a hometown discount. Maybe the Jazz feel like they can pay him, um, and and do the Clarkson thing that you know we were hoping they or I was hoping they would do is like give him some money, and then use that contract to trade for a different piece. 
And then even talking about like linear progression, right. I literally had this conversation this morning with my jazz group chat. They they were simply just asking, they're like, what what is the game plan? Like, how long should I expect these sort of things? And I went ahead and said, if you are going to fall in line with Danny Ainge and what he is capable of doing, I need you to go ahead and backtrack with me. Let's do a little history lesson. So when Danny Ainge went ahead and uh, became a part of the front office for Boston in 2003, uh, they were not great. And one of the very first things he did was trade away their star player, Antoine Walker. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody in Boston hated him for it. They're like, why would you trade away our star player? What does Danny Ainge do once he gets here? He sits back because it was about halfway through the season. He sits back. He sees what this team has, sees how he can go ahead and move these assets, trades away the stars. But the first season that Danny Ainge was in Boston, they were 36 and 46. Yeah, what the Jazz right. first season with Danny Ainge, thirty-seven and forty-five, similar, but uh, the Celtics did not win their championship until two thousand eight. The record that they had uh, the season prior was twenty-four and fifty-eight. Granted, he went ahead and made all those moves that summer, getting Ray Allen, yep. Kevin Garnett, uh, getting Rondo in there. Yeah. Like, he went ahead and made a bunch of adjustments. But from that point on, in his 18 years in that front office, he went ahead and had six seasons where he was at or below 500. So my thing is, if you are going to go ahead and pay attention to what Ainge is doing, you need to go ahead and see his track record. Right. So you cannot look at this thing as linear as you were right. saying. Like, you have to go ahead and be fine with the ups and downs because you need to just, just trust yeah. it long term. You For can't. some reason, we all have this in our mind that, like, okay, you start off bad, then you get a little bit better, a little bit better, and then all of a sudden, you're like, and it just doesn't happen. Like, Oklahoma City, bad, 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 good. The Denver Nuggets. Uh, this is not your normal for a championship team to be bad, mediocre, 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 mediocre for a while, and then all of a sudden just good. Like, I mean, the Denver Nuggets, I mean, they made the Western Conference Finals in the bubble. Mm-hmm. And then they were not that close in the, I mean, sure, they had a couple injuries or whatever, but they probably were a second, it felt like they were a second round team for a while. And then all of a sudden, championship team. First one um, in, in yeah. their franchise history. Right. So I'm a. Like, a, it can happen. Yeah. But you just have to, like Philadelphia, you got to trust the process. Right. You, you just have to go ahead and put faith in your front office and think that they know what they are doing like they are paid to do this we are couch gms we can go ahead and say (laughs) everything we want to say but these guys get paid to go ahead and do this thing and some organizations are better than others but when ryan smith brings in a guy like danny ainge he is looking at his track record and saying i'm bringing you on to do that can you recreate that? Yeah, you know this trade deadline. Yeah, you know, it's it's been hard. It's been hard on you know. Look, look you're a fan, uh, and I know that you know now you're starting to get into the journalism world. You've detached yourself a little bit from it. I try. You try, <laughs> uh, but but you also. You know, I mean, look, you know, I, I haven't. I didn't watch the game on Monday against the Warriors. Um, I missed the game against Phoenix too. Uh, I don't know where I was, but, I, but you know, so I don't get to watch every game. So that helps me stay more detached because I can. But I popped into the lecture game today. Thought, thought they had a real good chance. Thought they looked good, um, but you're watching every single game. You're watching them live, mm-hmm. so you are you are more emotionally attached than I am. Um, I mean, shoot, I'm even watching Stars games when I get a chance. <laughs> Freak. Uh, <laughs> so, um, uh, like, how, how do you feel? Like, I mean, there are a lot of transfer. You know, L- Logan tweeted out he had nothing about this Jazz. Uh, jazz mom tweeted out that she uh, uh, she's like, oh yeah, this is like the trade in last last year. Like, we've lost all hope. Um, after having such a pretty good, you know, first fifty games, um, how are you feeling as a Jazz fan? Uh, n- not analytically, but like just like, oh boy, you know, zero and three since the trade deadline. Um, you know, look, look, it, you know, the Jazz lost Olenek, Simone Fontecchio, and Ochai Abaji. Uh Individually, it doesn't feel like that that um, should affect this team that much, but together, it feels like this this team just like got a gut punch. So, where are you at emotionally? Like, as a fan, like it's frustrating. Because, like you said, if you look at those players individually, you aren't looking at them and you're like, whoa, these are key pieces for why our team has been successful. You look at those guys and you're just like, oh, okay. 
Abaji's on his sophomore slump. He was supposed to go ahead and be a like perennial 3 and D guy and just kind of lost it the moment that the offseason hit. Uh, Kelly Olenek, he's aging, but he's your Swiss Army knife, but, you know, he runs like a two-minute 40-yard dash. Like, the man just is just slow, and you would think that he doesn't produce too much. And then you get Fontecchio. A lot of the times, people are sitting there, like, moaning and groaning about him taking threes, even though he's shooting, like, 40% this year from three. But every time he would go ahead and shoot it, fans were just like, oh, no, he's chucking up another one. But they won't say the same thing about Jordan Clarkson. Um, Yippee. But, like, as a fan, it's frustrating because you're not looking at those guys as a group. You're looking at them as individuals. And now you're really starting to see that, their locker room presence was more impactful than right. we all thought. So now seeing that they are all doing fairly well from themselves. Granted, I haven't really heard much about Abaji since he got traded. Um, but, I mean, Olenek I've seen, he's done great. Mm-hmm. Fontecchio, his first game after being traded, 20 points, 9 rebounds. Like, good on him. <laughs> yes. So go make that money. Like, like, so like, I am happy for them as individuals for where they are, but me as a jazz fan, it's like frustrated is just the right word because everybody wanted to go ahead and say for the entire first half of the season, why is it Hendricks playing? We need to see him play. You are now seeing him play and now you're frustrated that he's on the court. Right. And that, that was like, look, you know, that, that was part of the reason that, you know, that's probably the main reason why Kelly was traded. Cause like there was a log jam in the front court. And they wanted Taylor Hendricks to come in. Um, you know, this is a Jazz fan, Dallas, Dallas Amaker. This is on the on the trade deadline. The Jazz trade in Fonteca, they better start giving Taylor Hendricks some good minutes or the trade's worthless. Well, here's the good minutes. Yeah, now he's getting the good minutes, <laughs> he's, he's and now he's minutes. lost on offense. Um, and when he's trying to do defense, yeah, he got a good block on Kevin Kate, Durant, yeah. but he also went ahead and right. got his ankles broken and was part of the highlight that circulated this, on sports. This is part of that. This is part of the the, the licks that you had to take. Like everybody just assumed he was going to come in and and I don't know, just do well, which is kind of crazy because again, he's only played G League minutes. Yeah, and again, um, like a lot of the time, he is with the Salt Lake City Stars, right. which is why I watched. I wanted to go ahead and see what development is there. When he's with the Stars, great. Right. Like he's not putting out like astronomical numbers or anything, right. but you can go ahead and see like, okay, he's getting it. Right. He's he has the chemistry and with that team. We have he does not have that with the Jazz at the moment, you which will, is why he's yeah. looking so lost. He's not getting the practice time with. Right. The Utah Jazz. He's getting practice time with the Salt Lake City Stars. Yeah, and you weren't here at the uh, at the start of the year when we had this conversation. We had this conversation for multiple weeks and maybe maybe months. Um, when Taylor Hendricks started on the G League, you know, McKay put out that list, and Ari, you know, Riley talked talk about it. Like G League minutes, guys who play G League minutes, just you know, top ten picks that play G League minutes. There's not anybody that's turned into a multi time All Star from that list. Um, there's been guys after top, but top ten draft picks playing in the G League is almost a death sentence to a career. Um, you know, I asked Jared, I'm like, if that worried him, and, and Jared, Jared, Jared thinks that Taylor Hunter is only going to be a role player anyway. So I'm like, okay, if you, if you think he's going to be a role player, he still has that ceiling. If you think he's going to be um, a superstar, it's 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 bad news. And so you know, the question was, do G League minutes help? Um, I'm leaning towards no more and more and more. Um, you know, the the just the game is just probably so much faster this at this point that, you know, G League is attuned to, you know, maybe low level college basketball. And and I I would agree with that because I mean if you do watch G League games, um, it does kind of feel more like college basketball esque. Like well, it's a it's a step higher in my opinion. Um just because, I mean, these guys, they're now older. They yeah. now I mean, have again, the ability some, to go ahead and actually you know, have, if like, you're, if you're the good dude, equipment. If you're, if, you're, if you're the dudes, G League's just not going to be it. So, but, um, but that's where I'm just like, I like the G League minutes because you're getting reps rather than just sitting there and rotting away. But at the same time, you are getting chemistry with the wrong people. Yeah. So um, so this is from um, LJ underscore Rennie. He didn't. He didn't asked me this. This is just a tweet that I saved that he said. Um, do you think this is the fun, this is about the Fonteco trade? Uh, what are the odds that the 32nd pick is better than Tech has developed into the season? The 32nd pick of the 2024 draft. What do you think that pick will turn out to be better than 
what Fontecchio became this season. No. No? I, again, so you, you don't like this draft? From from what generally, he became this season? Right. No. So in a vacuum, that sounds bad then. Like you traded away. Um, but now you have to go ahead and view it long term. Mm-hmm. Fontecchio, you're going to have to pay him. Right. This second round right. pick. Right. So what? What's the contract? So, so, it's already set down, and you're yeah. probably barely going to have to pay him. Worst case scenario, they end up in the G League. Yeah, we, they we, get we basically minutes. we basically made the argument that um, uh, you know, the reason that the Fontecchio trade is not because of talent; it was, you know, business monetarily. Yeah. Getting a different asset. Uh, so Fontecchio, you know, again, the Jazz didn't trade away a future superstar. The Jazz traded away a very solid role player, and th- those are important. Mm-hmm. But the Jazz are not in a position where solid role players are going to help them reach their goal right now. They're they're, they're so far they're still rebuilding. So um, going to get a, a a early second round pick, an asset, and hope it turns into something um, fits the timeline better than Fontecchio paying Fontecchio and just having him run away on a mediocre you know, again. You know, jazz fans. I think Tony talked about this. Jazz fans have talked about not wanting to be in the middle. This is a, 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 a you know, the jazz may have dipped below the middle, yep. where they were, and that's disappointing. But again, in the long term view, that helps you out more than you know the playing. Ironically, again, the the NBA has a lot of problems. One of them is that it punishes you punishes teams for being okay. There's no benefit to a team. To being okay, the, the the benefits to being worse outweighs the benefits of being okay. Is what I want me to say. Fair. All right. This is from the semi hopeless jazz fan uh, Gabe, G A W B A E Y. Uh, oh, the Knicks are going to be legit. This after the boy on trade. Well, let's let's see if, let's see if they are. <laughs> um, AJ three jazz. Uh, this is from McMahon talking about Taylor Hendricks. Uh, quote, he has not exactly been lighting it up for the SLC stars, which you just said. He's been a mediocre offensive player in the G League. He still projects as a guy who's going to be a really good defensive player in the NBA. The hope is that he can be a high-end role player. Mm-hmm. Um, end quote from Tim McMahon. Or Vince McMahon, I don't know. Just Vince McMahon on, on Taylor Hendricks. So hopefully, Tim. <laughs> Could you imagine if Vince if McMahon was Vince, talking about oh my G League? God. We would um, get like an XFL product yeah. for basketball. Um, uh, <laughs> no chance in hell. Um, so I, I hear that quote and I'm disappointed because I'm like, hey, look, the, in a historic draft, you're hoping the Jazz got somebody at number nine. Um, that's going to be generational. And it was unlikely at number nine to do it, but you just hope for some luck. Um, if he projects to be just a high, like, I'm not like, I'm not crying mad. I'm not just, <laughs> I'm a little disappointed, but like, if he turns to be a high end role player, that's good. And, I mean, especially knowing like what other players were available at that time yeah, too. I like, mean, if you drafted him and you're just like, awesome, I we think, got a high end <laughs> role player. I think, I think, I think, you know, but again, we we can't we we have to pick like like if if, you, if you're gonna attach your horse to Cam Whitmore, which a lot of people have, great. But you can't be like, oh well, look at Cam Whitmore, look at G. You can't, you can't just get you you don't you don't get the field after Taylor Hendricks to, well, to say it's a bad. And also, pick. my thing is too is that like Taylor Hendricks could be that generational talent on a different roster. Like, because again, it's really better. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Like every player could go ahead and be what. Right. Taylor Hendricks' yeah, yeah, yeah. ceiling on I, Utah. I get is. that. I get that because, like, yeah, like just not every player is going to fit on every team. Right, and so yes, the, that's a good point too. But you know, I, I, I hope it, like again, if Taylor Hendricks can make that Giannis leap next year, I'd be very grateful for that. Please. Um, this is from uh, Clark Pojo, Clark Schmaltz. I know it sounds great to say, "quote We want to compete for a championship and not just the playoffs." Unquote. But with contracts length and player empowerment, a four or five year rebuild is ninety percent unrealistic. It's just job preservation for GMs, and I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, yeah, I don't agree with that. Yeah, because like, 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 you know, player empowerment. It, that's true. Contract, but this is this has to do with contract uh, uh, lengths and stuff. Like, you don't get to keep. You know, like back back in the early two thousands, you know, Andre Kendrick was getting seven eight year contracts. You're, you're you're signing guys to these longer contracts to be on teams. They changed that to make it four or five years to help. Teams out from it from themselves, but to make it harder for you know, you make free agent more free free agency uh, a little bit crazier. 
Uh, yeah, make it a hot commodity. Yeah. Make everybody want to participate. Yeah, and so, I mean, has it helped the league? I don't, I don't know. I don't, has it helped these teams? I, I don't know. Like, yes, like, I mean, look, if you give someone the wrong seven-year contract like the Jazz did, it could really hurt you. But now, now, now we're seeing these teams just having a hard time keeping the guys that they want. Even know? off of, like, three, four-year contracts. Even, even with the money that – even if they can offer more money, we're seeing these guys just take less money. Like the the money is, is just not helpful anymore. Uh, at Hobo J, uh, and he tweeted this today. It's effectively been two years since the Mitchell Gobert trades and Jazz have made zero progress in this build. None. Two full seasons wasted. Still no direction. Still just playing the middle ground treadmill, going nowhere. Um, and this is where I I I disagree. We talked about this. Like it's not a linear progression. Yeah, no. Um, like this is the fact that you're expecting results this quickly off of that right. type of trade. I mean, shoot, you look at the draft picks that were in those trades. Like you are not going to see this come to fruition until like 2030. Right. And so, and that's I, I think um, a lot of things that I think maybe last year we were all prepared for three, four, five year rebuild, mm-hmm. and then last year happened. They looked really good. They started the year. You know, off hot. We were, you know, a lot of jazz fans. I don't say we because I'm not part of that we, but jazz fans were very excited about um, uh, that. Um, uh, you know, and then they traded away the vets that that made it happen. Um, the jazz again, you know, had a, had a very good December this year. So like, okay, maybe they're turning a quarter corner. Um, and the fact of the matter is that the jazz, they say they want to build through the draft, and the best way to do that is to draft. You know, a superstar. Draft, draft the next guy. Draft, draft the next Jokic. Draft the next Embiid. Uh, draft the next Weminyama. Um, You know, and the the way they do, it, the Jazz have to get lucky. Like the Jazz have to get lucky. Uh, we talk about the draft being a crapshoot anyway. Um, so if you can't, if you if you're not going to be bad enough to get the first pick, then get a lot of picks. That way you can kind of figure out who you keep, who you can't keep. Um, uh, you know, we're we're talking about the OKC model at this point. Um, and plus, they have a lot of assets going in for 2025. So, worst yeah. case scenario, if you don't yeah. hit in 2024, and, and, you can you know, put, put more effort into 2025. Like, like, like my friend gets it right. He, he's like, oh my god, the Jazz are about to give up a, a draft pick in 2025 because they're going to convey this one. And like, I, I, I message or commented on his tweet. I was like, I mean, we're taking a lot of assumptions that the Jazz are not going to be able to keep their 2025 pick either. You know, that's also top 10 protected. So. You know, if we're talking about, you know, we're talking about like long, slow rebuilds. Again, we, we, you, I think one of the first episodes I had you on, we talked about this. Like, hey, you know, there's a camp out there that says you don't have to convey that pick. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to convey. Like, if I mean, you know, I looked at it earlier. The Jazz right now, I think, are the twelfth worst league. In the, yeah, they're like 12, 13. 12 to thirteen. So there's a couple teams that you know they they so the Bulls. The Hawks, maybe the Nets, the Rockets. Those are like the four teams. The other teams that are, are just too far away. Like the Grizzlies are like 19 wins. The Grizzlies are not going to, quote, unquote, catch the Jazz to go above them. Um, the four teams, you know, Chicago, Atlanta, Brooklyn, and uh, Houston. Those guys, uh, those teams, um, uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, right now, right now it's, it's close. But anyway, like... If the Jazz don't convey it this year, if they don't Jazz don't convey it next year, it's a top eight protected pick in 2026. I don't think we know enough about that draft class to really know if that's bad or good anyway. Um, hell, if it, it, like, like let's say the bad the Jazz are bad this year, they get a, they get a pretty good draft pick. They might be they might be bad again next year. Like just the way the roster is with the, with who's coming in, who's coming out, who whether and. Maybe the Jazz do again at the, at the trade deadline, just trade away their good players, get more assets, be a bottom 10. 2026, maybe it won't matter. Maybe the Jazz will be good then. Maybe the Jazz have a great year. They go to the playoffs, go, you know, maybe it's, a, maybe it's a 20th pick in 2026. Or they're bad again, they keep it, and then all of a sudden that draft pick is no longer conveyed. I think it's just cash at that point. So there is a, again, there is a, a school of thought that if you're not going to be, you know, a championship contender, there's not, there's not a, enough benefits to being a middling playoff team, um, uh, to be a, a playing team or a first round exit. You just do not get as rewarded as being somebody else in the lottery. So, um, 
I don't know. It'd be, it'd be hard. <laughs> I'm telling Jazz fans, like, hey, you might be in for another two years of the, of this shit. So <laughs> I mean, I already have people that are going to Jazz games that are already, like, quitting on their fandom. Yeah. Because of how the team's looking right now. And I'm like, man. It might get worse I, before it gets better. Could you imagine if these people were, like, Pistons fans or <laughs> right. Hornets fans? Like, they would no. have been gone years ago. Right. It's, so, and that's another thing. Like, th- this fandom has very little history of mediocre mediocrity. Yes. Man, I cannot speak. 1 a.m. It's just like... <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, this franchise just doesn't have a lot of that. Nope. So, I mean, what? You have Ty Corbin? Ty Corbin years. So those were those were the quote-unquote dark years, and that was kind of it. That, yeah. You know, the, the, the beginning of Quinn Snyder's... But it would, the beginning of Quinn Snyder's... Um, a tinder at least had the hope because, like, hey, a new coach came in. They're drafting younger guys. Um, you know, they had Rudy on there, you know, Faves, the core four. But, I mean, the Jazz as a franchise are one of the top five winningest franchises in NBA history. Yeah. Even though there's no championship attached to it. Yep. I mean, percentages speak. So this fan base is, is just <laughs> – Yes. <laughs> um, but, like, if you go ahead and look at that, like, this fan base just right. doesn't know that side of the NBA. They just haven't been right. there. So yeah. having to go ahead and be around, like, especially with me growing up in Florida, I had to watch Orlando go through that <laughs> yes. whole rebuild. And uh, a really good friend of mine, Keith, uh, diehard Magic fan and I always felt bad talking basketball with him because <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, the Jazz are number one in the West. And he was like, and the Magic got swept by the Bucks. That, we not, finally made it to the playoffs. Right. And that was like a big moment. Like that's we the, finally got back. The hard part is that Jazz fans are so used to being mediocre to good. And the problem, the problem it's just so hard to win the NBA doing that. Mediocre to good, mediocre to good, mediocre to good. It just doesn't happen. Um, you know, teams that are... Uh, you know the Lakers don't count because Lakers this they, they'll they'll get the Hollywood guys right. The Warriors right. The Warriors were such a trash franchise for. I started watching in the nineties. Gosh, until they got Steph Curry from you know like twenty years until they got Steph Curry, just a trash franchise. We have a blip well, here and there. I was gonna say like they they would have their up years like when they had like Baron Davis. That and was like Jason one, Richardson. That was like, that was like a year. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like they, they, they had their one year. <laughs> they had like a year, cool. It, it, and mind it you, everybody last. remembers Baron Davis right. with that dunk, but nobody remembers the end result of that yeah, game. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, like that's by the way, Jazz won that. Yeah, one. <laughs> the, the Weebly Warriors. That was fun because it was fun because they were plucky underdogs. They weren't supposed to be there. They'd been trashed for so long. It was like, oh, it was nice to see. It was nice to see. You know, it's the movie Little Giants. It's it's nice to see these these nerdy kids pull out the annexation of Puerto Rico and win the game. Uh, but you know that they're just they're not good. You know, you know that nine nine times out of a hundred, they're gonna get creamed by those by the by the little cowboys. Um, you know, so uh, you know the, the again, you know, there's some trash franchises until they're not trash until until they hit on draft picks. Until they get number ones and number twos in the I mean, look at the Mavericks, the Mavericks have a number a number one. They they traded for a one B. They're six in the West right now. Mm-hmm. They they made they made good trades at the deadline. Six mm-hmm. in the West. Um, you know, which I will say those trades that they made at the trade deadline, I was like, what's going on here? Why are you trading away Seth Curry? And granted, now that stuff is circulated about Grant Williams, I was like, why are you trading away Grant Williams? You just gave him, like, a big contract this offseason. What are you doing? But now that stuff has surfaced, I'm like, okay, now I see why you got him out of there. Um, But, like, now that's benefiting Charlotte. Like, usually when you go ahead and see those trades to those type of teams, you're just like, okay, these are the guys nobody wants. But now the the Hornets have won three in a row since the trade deadline. um, Like, like, like. You know, we're trying to find the model to win. And, like, the Clippers, you know, the Clippers, you know, unless you can convince Paul Jordan and Kawhi Leonard to come to Utah, you can't do the Clippers route. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to do – you can't do the Lakers route. You can't, you can't get LeBron James to come here and pull, you know, Anthony Davis, who was a top 10, top 5 player for, for a few years. Unless you really uh, convince Bronny that Utah you know, is the yes. place. <laughs> and so um, uh, and at some point that Bronny pull, that Bro- LeBron pulls not going to work anymore. So you can't, you can't do the Lakers or the Knicks uh, route. 
Um, the Celtics route. Celtics route, cool. They drafted two, uh, you know, top guys from in the top ten of, of drafts. Okay, that that that's right. You can do it. Okay, which C is, draft, which is the the Danny Ainge route. Yeah. Like oh. that's what he did. That was his front office. Yeah. Okay, C. You know, get in a tra- you know trade your superstar away. Um. Uh. You know, maybe that be Steph Lowry. Trade Lowry away. Find the next SG. You know, do some scouting. See if the next SGA is out there, and get a buttload of picks. And you hope that you you, you hit that. So, what what model works? Uh, what model? You know, you can't you can't use the Miami model for the Jazz. So, they're doing what they're doing. Um. I think I think I I think it was right. Look, I, I'm happy that the Jazz are still in asset accumulation mode. I think that's the mode they should still be in. Uh, I'm sad that they. Look, you know, the Jazz are losing because they're playing Walker and, and John Collins together. The Jazz are losing because THT is playing minutes. The Jazz have no small forwards. Uh, you know, that was a I, – I put on Twitter multiple times, like, like what are the Jazz – like, what do you guys think the Jazz's plans are? Oh, Larry can play a small forward. He can, but he was doing a lot better power forward. And he was having and, to go ahead and play a lot of help center tonight too with Anthony Davis. Right, and so, like, it's, it's just – you know, the Jazz, the Jazz have a mishmash and – they're looking for it again. Like they spent the like, you know the first what twenty games trying to find that. Identity. They found it, but now they have to do it again. And they're running three. Uh, look, I hate the three guard lineup, but they 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 have to do it. It's out of necessity yeah, like right now. They're, they're required to do it. And like even if you no. go ahead and look at how they performed tonight, again Lowry had to do a lot of help center right. against Anthony Davis. Rui Hachimura went ahead and had a career high. Do you oh, want yeah. to know what who his primary defender was? Keontae George. Walker Kessler. Oh, I saw Keontae. Like, he, I saw him backing up Keontae plenty of times. Yep, because they went ahead and did a double right. switch to go ahead and get Keontae onto Rui Hachimura. But every single yeah. time that Hachimura went ahead and had a three, if you play, that was Kessler's if you play fan, If you play FanDuel, just start all small forwards against the Jazz right now. You yep, t- take all small forwards. Small forwards are going to tub the Jazz for And then if you ever do prize picks yeah. and they go ahead and offer Kessler blocks, take the over. <laughs> uh, they, like, they always put him yeah. at one and a half. Like I'm uh, 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 Price pick, I believe, is a sponsor of the hitting the high notes. Mm. Um, Taylor Hendricks, you know, look, I totally knew that. Yeah, Taylor Hendricks, I'm, uh, you know, he he's a four. I mean, look, look, the Jazz are going to do a lot of mishmashes. Uh, I, I'm willing to give the leeway because I think the plan at the beginning of the year, and they're following the plan, and they didn't deviate from the plan. That, that's when that, that's what bothers me is when they start deviating from the plan, and I believe that they did it. So yeah, so I, I wish Jordan Carson they could have got something for him. Ironically, what I thought was going to be a, a benefit, the twenty-five million dollar contract turned out to be a detriment. Um, THT, I know people were like, "How did they not trade THT?" Because THT wasn't getting you anything back. Yeah, I mean, like people were not giving up stuff for THT. People would have took stuff for THT. People were not giving up stuff for THT. My thing is, is like when people are just like, "Oh, THT is so bad," why didn't anyone want him? You just said it in your sentence. Like, THT is not playing good basketball. Why would anyone willingly take him at the price tag he's currently at? Yeah. Like, you know, know, our our friend Mike, who we work with, is just like, oh, they should have traded THT. It takes two to tango. You can't just, you know. Like, I'm sure they – like, if someone had offered a second-round pick for THT, future second-round pick, I'm sure the Jazz would have jumped on it. Nobody was doing that. But, Uh, like, you can't come out here and be like, hey – I have a penny. Can right. you give me a dollar? Well, you know, people do that, so. Uh. <laughs> and where are those people right now? <laughs> Not in the right. NBA. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, so um, uh, it is it's it is what it is. And so, yeah, so I'm, I'm disappointed the Jazz couldn't get rid of THT, couldn't get rid of, uh, of Jordan Clarkson. I'm sorry that the prices weren't weren't good for them. I'm glad that they got uh, the assets they got for uh, uh, the guys they traded. Uh, I, I enjoy the plan. It sucks in the moment, uh, but you know, let's remember this tr- this uh, episode in a couple of years. Alma has just fallen asleep. All right, let me shake him away. There you go. He's he's right there. <laughs> we're Alma, good. We're good. Where can they follow you? What can they read your read about? Um, uh, where, hit your socials uh, and talk about yourself. So you can go ahead and uh, read my articles. Uh, I mainly just do pregame analysis at the moment, just because you know workload life, is life taking is a hit. So. <laughs> We, we got to, you know, do a little less uh, article writing. So a lot of pregame analysis on thehivesports.com. Uh, any Utah Jazz article you find on there, that's me. 
Um, and then you can go ahead and follow me on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, at AlmaBean23. I go ahead and do live updates of all the jazz games. I show off the item of the item game. Item of the game. Like, that's almost become, like, my calling card yeah, now. Like, people know There are you. people that yeah. know me just for that. Hey, like hey, I Find your niche and stick with it. That's and to be honest, I, I literally just did it because I was like – They've really been doing bad right. with these ads. Let me go ahead and, and show it off they, a little bit. And now they're doing good. And, and now I got now I got people that are just like, hey, Alma, the item of the game came out. What's your thoughts? I'm like, oh, okay, we're doing this right now. Yep. Or even uh, they'll go ahead and like comment. They're like, oh, I don't think Alma's going to like this one. <laughs> like, It's, it's kind of yeah. weird, but I'm just like, oh, okay, people will go ahead and have Alma, that. Alma's so. the item of the game guy now. So. Yes, and I mean, if, it's, if you do find an item of the game that you like, I mean – Hit me up in the DMs. We'll get the Venmo, and I'll ship it out, meet you somewhere. We'll yeah. go ahead and get it to you. Find them, find them on Venmo as beanballs. Um, <laughs> no, it's actually something else. But It's something else. D- we we he, love he, autocorrect. He, he, will D- he will DM you it. Um, uh, you can follow me at the Twitterverse, at HuTransUpman. H-U-T-R-N Superman. You know, follow my podcast, kind of at Jazz High Notes number two. Uh, you know, another game coming up Thursday. You know, you're probably hearing this on a Thursday. I'm definitely hearing it on Thursday, actually. It's past definitely Thursday. hearing it on Thursday. <laughs> At least a Thursday. Uh, and that's our post-trade deadline. And we'll see you guys. Oh, post-deadline clarity. And we'll see you guys next time. Do you think people, you know, we hear, and when I said post-deadline clarity, like, and I, when you said post-deadline clarity, I was like, yes, thank you. Thank you Because that, that's why I couldn't stop laughing. I had to, like, move off to the side. And I'm Thank like, you. Oh, yeah.